Okay, well, welcome to what episode two of whatever the uh, <laughs> podcast is going to be called eventually. I, I know that um, uh, you were going to work on some, some intro music, music right? Yeah, I'm working on some soul. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but uh, I, I guess at some point we have to uh, come up with a, uh, name. a name. But just uh, as a reminder, we just want everyone to just be reminded once again, is to help uh, specifically the people of Faith Church of Sellersville and Allentown Fellowship Church, mm -hmm. um, the two churches that uh, we um, are a part of. And um, as such, it's really for the average work through the issues and culture that affect the church. Yeah. And our question we're always going to be asking and hopefully answering then is, what is the biblical response? Yep. And that, just as a starting point, um, has launched us into the discussion of, of race mm -hmm. and justice and um, that whole pool of what, quite frankly, and we want to kind of untie the knots, provide some clarity, and then say, okay, what is ultimately at the end of the day, how does the church respond to this issue? Like, what is the church supposed to look like in the midst of a culture right now that um, is unraveling? It, it mm -hmm. seems like uh, yeah. every time you turn on the news, um, statues are coming down. Yeah, right? Syrup is not being used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, 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 and so you, and you've got people on Some people sides. are like, like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. Aunt Jemima, Sarah, they're, they're going after Aunt Jemima. They're going after Aunt I like Aunt Jemima and Sarah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, stuff that you, 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 you look on the news and you say, okay, well, that looks like that should be happening in Venezuela. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's our own backyard. Right. Right. That's yeah. happening in our cities. Yeah. In our state, in our national capital. And... And so you get people kind of on both sides, right? You got a spectrum. You've yeah. got, um, yes, you know, you know, America was founded upon, you know, um, you know, uh, colonialism and um, invading lands mm -hmm. and enslaving peoples, and um, there's certainly that aspect of of the United States history. And our goal here isn't even to talk or even defend U.S. history. History is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it happened, man. It's it happened. in the books. Yep. Yep. Um, our, our, our goal is, or, or to even talk politics, because politics is what it is. Right. Um, we start with the viewpoint that we live in a, in a fallen, sin-cursed world. Right. And as such, you have things like racism and corrupt governments. Yeah. And governments and nations with stains in their history mm -hmm. of, of genocide and racism and slavery um, and murder. Um, there's not a nation that exists that doesn't have a history that has some dark spots in their history. Right, right. Um, and, so, and so we look at what we're seeing on the news and uh, what we're experiencing now seems like it should be in another country, but as Americans, I don't think we expected this type of upheaval. And some people, like I said, some people say, no, that's what we need. Mm -hmm. We need it. It's about time. Other people are like, no, they're erasing, you know, our heritage, and, and they're trying to recreate a new country, and, and they've tried in Seattle and, and things yeah. like that. So, yeah. so the question is not to talk about the politics of all of that. The question is, is what in the midst of that mess, mm -hmm. right, a broken, sin-cursed, fallen world, what does the average 
Christian trying to obey God and follow the scriptures, how do they react to this? How do they live in this? How do they um, walk in relation to the God and in relation to their neighbor yeah. in all of this? So, um, so we thought today would be, a, uh, as, we, as we continue the conversation, um, just an opportunity to give some clarity to some terms that are out there. Mm-hmm. So that um, the terms that we use uh, will um, be understood. Yeah. Because when you when you communicate in all communication, there's um, I mean you can you can you can say a term like racism or social justice, and you might get three or four different definitions for that. Right. So right. we want to we want to come from a starting point. So I'm going to turn it over to you to kind of lead this conversation today, Ron, and uh, just kind of walk us through um, the terms, and uh, we'll come up with some definitions and then look at them through a biblical lens. Yeah. So I think one of the things that that's important too to know for those who are going to be watching or listening, you know, this is we're not going to go in depth to, you know, to the degree that we could. Right with a lot of these terms. Um, we can just have a whole podcast on each one of these terms. And, and again, the goal here is to help expose a better understanding to our listeners and viewers of, okay, so when I hear that in the news, you know, I keep hearing this systemic racism. What are yeah. they talking about? Oh, now I see what you mean. But again, you, you, you could read dozens and dozens of pages on systemic racism. Yeah. And then it depends on who's writing about it. Yeah. And then even among those authors, they're going to have different slants. So, mm-hmm. so our, our goal here is just to put out some of the terms, some of the, uh, the terms that you may be hearing in the news, in the media, as, as our country is wrestling with uh, racial tension. Okay? And, and even with the list that we're talking, this is not all the terms. Right. Um, I just off the top of my head, okay, what, what are some of the, the, the words I'm hearing all the time? So obviously racism is a big one, yep. right? Racism, and, and, and when racism is being used uh, in the media right now, in light of what our culture is going through, it typically means um, black people being treated, or people of color being treated unfairly, unjustly, now this is the key, by white people. Hmm. Here's the problem, period. Okay, that's the way this term is being used. So, you know, if, if you're a critical thinker and you're listening to that, and a little kid is growing up listening to how the word racism is being used in the media right now, and you say, hey, what's a racist? A racist is a white person who treats a person of color or an African-American or a black person or a minority wrong just because they look different. Now, my question to you, Doug, is, is that a, an accurate definition of racism? I think if racism is defined that way, then that could be a racist definition of racism. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Absolutely it could. And, and it is a racist definition. Yeah. Because racism, the, the definition of racism, the way it's being used today, and this is what bothers me, is it's being used as if it only pertains to white people. Okay. As if a black man cannot be racist as if a Chinese man cannot be racist, as if an Indian cannot be racist. Do you, do you find, just from personal experience, that people in the black community do not, by and large, consider themselves racist? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I would say that, and again, just 
and, and this is where another thing I'm hearing a lot in the news, which I hate, is this broad sweeping of generalization. And I don't want to be one of those guys. Okay. So I will speak from my context, from my sphere of influence, from my social groups growing up. If I were to ask the black people that I know if they were racist, they would say no. Yeah. Now, on the other side, so would all the white people. So nobody's a racist. So we really don't have a problem. Yeah, we don't. We must not. This is a, yeah. this is a, an Our illusion. cities are burning for no right, reason right, at all. Exactly. Yeah. So so maybe maybe uh, what, what what religion is that that says uh, reality is not reality? Is is that Buddhism? I should know this. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you teach it. Right? it, it it's really not. It, this is an, all an illusion, yeah. then, right? It's like yeah. yeah. But most people will say no, and and, and immediately. It, it would be flipped to, you know, the, the white man is the racist. And then okay. go into all the things, the injustices, and okay. all the things that have happened. So, um, biblically speaking, number one, and again, because our, our heartbeat is, man, let's lay over what God says over all this stuff, right? Yep. So, biblically speaking, number one, we talk about racism. I'm fine with this definition of, 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 of racism being, you know, treating another race mm -hmm. um, uh, unjustly or differently or oppressing them because of the color of their skin. I'm fine with that. Just add to it. Okay. Add to it. Now, let me, let, let me just add to that just for a second yeah. thought that I had as, as you were talking. You and I have both uh, been to Africa you know, a couple of times. Yep. And um, uh, you've been to Togo, which is uh, uh, what, Western Africa, West, West and Africa. I've been to Uganda, yeah. which is Eastern Africa, yeah. but it, it, very similar. Um, and uh, what I noticed in, in African culture, like modern-day African culture, um, was not racism in the sense of, oh, I don't like you because you're a different race. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're all Africans mm -hmm. over there predominantly, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so when you go over there as a white man, you're... Um, by far, majority, minority, minority. Right? So, yep. so, um, in fact, in, in Uganda, they you just be walking down the street and they say, "Hey, Mzungu, Mzungu," which means, "Hey, white guy." <laughs> so, so yeah, I go to Africa and I'm, I'm automatically, you know, pointed out by the color of my skin, right? Right. Um, and, and we can talk about that and in, in just identification with with our ethnicity, but. If you go to Africa, their their issue isn't necessarily racism based on um, an individual's racial identity, but based on tribalism. Right. So they hate each other based on you know some a tribe of them, based on a tribe. And yet they have the same race or ethnicity. Right. Do you see that as similar to? Okay, I don't like you because you're of this tribe. Well, I don't like you because of your you're yeah. of this race. Do you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you see those as kind of one and the same, um, or as far as racism? You yeah, mean? Yeah. I mean, is that a version of racism? Would you say? Oh, a absolutely. Okay. A absolutely, because see, here's I, I think the the term racism is misleading in this. We talk about okay, so are you a racist? Am I am I treating you differently? Am I oppressing you because you're of a different race? Mm -hmm. I, I think the problem with that, biblically, there is only one race. Right. There's a human race. Right, right. You're a human, I'm a human. Right. The difference between us is just the amount of melanin in our skin. Our skin. Right. So, so Acts, uh, was it Acts 17, 26? From one mm -hmm. blood, God has made all nations. That word nations mean ethnos, ethnicities. Right. So race, it's a little 
misleading because there is only one race. I think racism should be, you know, when a fellow human being treats another human being differently or oppresses them solely on the basis of their ethnicity. Mm-hmm. I think that's a more accurate yeah. definition of what racism is. Yeah. So, but to your point, go back to Africa. Well, here you have two groups that have the same ethnicity. Right. But now this tribe does not like this tribe. And you've had tribes enslaving other tribes. Absolutely. So what is that? Is that really racism? It's almost like, well, what's the basis of their differences? It's not even on their ethnicity. It's on their tribal relation. So that's more of a social construct of, well, why is he doing that to him? On the basis of his social construct. Has nothing to do with him being African. He's African too. To the point you mentioned so. in, the, in the all-black college you went to, there were um, different uh, fraternities, sororities, and fraternities, fraternities that yep. were for those that were darker black and lighter skin black. There you go. Right. Um, so, so that's what I'm, like, all these definitions, man, have so many different layers to it. Well, and even if you go into different parts of, say, say Philadelphia, yeah. you've got you know those that are Irish American. There you go. Those that are Italian American, right. and they have not always got along. Right. So Absolutely. even even those of European descent have have had significant yeah. based on, you know, yeah, they're both European. But no, I'm from this part of Europe. I'm from this. I'm part from, of yeah. Europe. Look at some of the gangs, Southside Chicago, and right. some of the gangs in L.A. Right. Back in the day when it used to be gangs in Philly, but um, th- those are blacks on blacks. Yeah. Yo, you from G Town? From Brickyard. Yeah. Wait, we both are African American. What's the problem here? So. This, this idea of racism, <clears throat> it, it can't just be this little small definition because it can be on social constructs. One, I, I, there's only one human race, according to God. Mm-hmm. One nation, one blood, or many nations from one blood, Adam and Eve. What makes you and I different? Our ethnicity is what makes us different. Skin color does not make you a different human being at all. Now, again, I understand, you know, we're not about burying our head to our American history. Because at one time, African Americans, or back then as they were referred to as Negroes, were not even considered a full human being. And that was in the law book. And so I understand there's that history there, but we're, but, but biblically, there's only one. There's only one race. So um, I, I would change that definition. Well, and, and we need bit. to have the conversation about the whole idea of colorblindness is, is is that right. a good thing bad thing right um, right and we can yep we can head that's another whole podcast point. man yeah right um, so, so all right so so let's keep moving so this other definition or, or or phrase that you might hear um ethnocentricity that's you you'll hear that in the media and and again it kind of goes to what we were talking about judging somebody else based on their ethnicity mm-hmm. which yeah th- that happens or, or saying that um, so my ethnic background, uh, you ought to appreciate that, right? Um, and, 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 and you ought to embrace that, mm-hmm. okay? And so this is being used right now in light of what's happening in our culture. The accusation is being put out, well, the, the Caucasian, the white man is saying, that their ethnocentricity, like it's about their race. Mm-hmm. So blacks, you have to come Adopt. up to our standard. You you do, like we set the standard, right? Um, and, and you have to conform to it. So l- let me give you an illustration of how I think this has yep. affected the church. Yeah. And I didn't see this growing up. And, 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 and when I met you, um, it, it came to light. Um, I was brought up, um, with the teaching, basically, in a nutshell, 
that only music that came out of you know classical European music was the kind of music that should be used in the church. Right. I was specifically taught that music that had a, a, a beat. beat was African devil. That devil music. From, and it was. Yeah, yeah. That was that beat from Africa was the devil's uh, music. Biggles, Lecrae, and Minio. And, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, and and, um, and uh, so different um, sources of information kind of, that's, that's kind of what I yeah. was brought up being taught with yeah. regards to music in the church. And so then you bring, um, you know, African-Americans into the church and say, well, that music is worldly devil music right but our european you know yep. classical that's music a great that's that's god's music that's a great example and yeah that that is example of ethnocentricity okay. right and and it's funny because i remember years ago in seminary talking to a brother about this issue of music mm -hmm. because i just stepped out of class we were in a hallway in between uh class um oh, the worship class mm -hmm. right we took a, and 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 he was making this argument that, that you just articulated. Yep. And I said to him, I said, well, let me ask you a question. If the only music that is acceptable to God has a classical European background to it, you know, the good old, the hymns of the faith, mm -hmm. right? Uh, do you realize just by default, you have wiped out every other ethnic group of music mm -hmm. that doesn't fit that classical period of music? <clears throat> and he looked at me, i never forget, and he said, he looked up at me and said, I, I never even realized that. Yeah. I said, so there's no room for Spanish music, African music, Indian music, but classical European music circa that's 1400 to the 1800, that's God's music. Yeah. I said, not only do you wipe out any other ethnic race, but whatever Paul was using in the first century church, you got to throw that out too. And he began to realize how he was brought up with a ethnocentricity way of thinking that my culture is the right culture. Yep. Yep. And then we put God on top of that. Man, that's dangerous. Yep. That's yeah. dangerous. Well, and, I, and I like the clarification here, judging another culture. Another culture. So, so, so when right. we talk about ethnocentricity, right. we are kind of talking about judging another culture, which does come from maybe race, you know, yeah. but, yeah. Um, but like I said before, you know, your, your Irish culture is yeah. different than your, you know, Italian culture or, or whatever, or your Dutch culture, just talking in European terms. Yeah. Um, and so when we said, no, 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 our culture is what you have to adopt. And I, yeah. I've seen this on the mission field. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I saw it in Africa. Yeah. Funny thing. I saw, so I'm in Togo, Africa yeah. last year with good friend Honore. And we're there, and I, I don't speak French. They speak French. <clears throat> I'm sitting there waiting to preach. Now, why do they speak French in Africa? <laughs> That's another whole podcast. <laughs> That's another whole podcast. You know, I think the French were in control for a little bit there. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, so I'm sitting there, and, and, and I'm listening to the French and as they're singing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Honoré. That's blessed assurance. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, music is another issue. We're working on over here. So here, here I am in Africa. And praise God for the missionaries that yeah. came through to Africa and proclaimed yeah. the gospel. Absolutely. But along with that gospel, they were this ethnocentricity. Oh, and by the way, here's the music that God will accept. And they left hymn books. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not against the hymns. I grew up listening to hymns. Not quite sung the way you guys sing hymns. But... The point is, there's a perfect example. Here we are in West Africa, and there's tension in the African church that, whoa, 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 no, we have to keep singing these. 
Yeah, these, these European songs. Yes, yeah. and the younger Africans are coming up saying, this is not our music. Yeah. Yep. So it, and so now we can judge one another on that yeah. and then start to determine your spirituality based on that. We've seen it in the suburban into the urban area like you, and music's a great illustration of yeah. culture because a yeah. lot of culture is revealed in, in music. Um, you know, we're going to bring white European style of worship into the urban culture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, now on the other side, you, you, you had to come out of the urban right for a time being, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. in, 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 in lead worship in a suburban white community. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, let me speak to that <laughs> because you know, this, this is, you know, as we talked about in the first podcast, our backgrounds are, 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 are so different. Yeah. And for God to bring me, to faith back in 2003 yep. to lead music in a you know German Dutch area conservative which again that was not my cup of tea yep. but yet we stayed here for 16 years and were able to worship God why right yep. because we may have different cultures but what ultimately unites us and we'll get to this in another podcast is who we are in Christ yep. it's who we are in Christ and so, yeah, yeah, we didn't play one Kirk Franklin song. We didn't play one years. black gospel song yeah. since. Well, there was, you know, we would have the traveling Maranatha <laughs> groups and Northland groups come in and say, now we're going to do a spiritual Negro. And I'm like, <laughs> it's Negro spiritual, but that's okay. And then they would just water it down. Yeah. And, you know, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. I'm like, that is not how that song goes. <laughs> but again, yeah. that, that's another perfect example yeah. of ethnocentricity. We'll do, we'll do a Negro spiritual, yeah. but we're going to put it through our context, take all the beat out and flatten it out. Now it's acceptable. Yeah. Ooh, that's a form of, I wouldn't say racism, I would say prejudice. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, so that's a good distinction because we talk in terms of racism when we talk yeah. just in terms of prejudice. Right. Right. Um, how, how would you differentiate those well, terms? Well, I, I think when we're talking racism, we're talking solely on the, the way I would redefine it is because there's only one race. Mm-hmm. If I treat you different because you're ethnicity, okay. right? Because yep. yep. you, you, right? Prejudice, we could have the same ethnicity, to your point, the two African tribes, yep. but now I'm prejudiced right. against you because I feel my tribe, my chief, is better than yours. Now I'm prejudging you on a whole different criteria. Yep. So... Um, all right, so let's let's keep going. Uh, on top of that, this this term you don't have in there, but how would you define bigotry? Because that's that's thrown out there a lot. Well, bigotry is out there a lot. A lot of times when bigotry is thrown out there, it's it's in the context of race mm-hmm. again, right? Yep. yep. Um, that guy's a bigot, right? Yep. yep. Why he he is he is saying something derogatory to me, down downplaying or oppressing my race or my ethnicity. Mm-hmm. So you know he's a bigot. I can't believe he said that. Um, I mean, we're talking to somebody, uh, uh, won't say where or when, but we're talking to someone and, 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 and he made this comment and, uh, they said, well, I know there's a lot going on, Ron, and I know our country got some ills, but, but your people have come a long way. Wouldn't you say? And, and, it, you know, and this person was from an older generation. Yep. Um, but the person standing there listening to this after we walked away, looked at me and said, that's such a bigot. Okay, I don't know if I would go there with that particular, because I know that person. Did that person mean that? Was that bigotry? Or was that, 
that's the way that person is used to referring to colored people, your people? Was there something, maybe there was something deep down inside that person, right? Mm -hmm. So again, that's why I say some of these terms, man, they have so many different layers and nuances. Well, and that's why, from a white person's perspective, at times we feel like we're walking on eggshells exactly. around the issue. Like, well, I don't, I don't want to be looked upon as a bigot or a racist. So, right. what am I allowed to say? Can well, I say I that? Can I not say that? Yeah, right. yeah. Right. You know, you know, what do I call you? Do I call you black, or do I call you African American, or do yeah. I call you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. It, it just, and so a lot of times we end up just kind of avoiding it because we don't want to yeah. get ourselves in trouble. You don't want to get yourself in trouble and end up with a protest marching around your house, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is where, okay, so what does the Bible say? The yep. Bible says you're my brother. Yep. You're my brother right. in Christ. You know, I affectionately call some people a brother from another mother. Yep. Say, hey, how you doing, brother from another mother, right? But, but, but here's what's interesting. Again, as you guys can see, this topic is so, you know, you have to walk on eggshells mm -hmm. as a white man as far as what you say. Yep. But yet within sometimes the black community, there can be derogatory terms thrown back and forth among and within that culture, mm -hmm. and it's okay. But you can't use the same Correct. term. Correct. It's like, come on, people. Well, like, what's going on? Right? So you bet not call me the N-word, mm -hmm. but yet I can call the other African-American the N-word. Well, that's different, because that's a term of endearment. Or an African-American can call the white guy the n-word and absolutely in, in, in our culture that's not considered racist yeah so it's like all of these different so is that double standard okay is that, that not yeah. okay i think um, in some cases that th there's a double standard there yeah. now again the world will look if the world doesn't have the point of reference of god's word i expect all that confusion sure. yep, but our point here is how does the believer respond to this mm -hmm. because god says what no you're my brother in christ has nothing to do with the your ethnicity, obviously you're a human being, there's only one race, it has to do what? Solely with what Christ did. So the wall between the Jew and the Greek has been torn down, right? There's no more enmity between us yep. because of Christ. And biblically we have to talk about what that Jew-Greek yeah, dynamic that looked, looked like, like in, in the scriptures. Because that, that was the first century issue of the church yep. with, them, absolutely. With, with consideration of race. It yep. was Jew-Gentile. Yep, absolutely. Um, and so... Um, all right, moving on. All right, so, so a, a, another term that we're going to hear um, is systemic racism. Systemic racism, yep. systemic racism. What, just understand in, in general, and this is a real gener generalized definition, mm -hmm. systemic, systemic racism, it, it means that there are policies that are in our governmental institutions right now that favor groups of people and oppress or hold back other groups of people, people of color, minorities. Right. That, that, that within the laws themselves and the way the laws are written, it, it's kind of like, you know, you, you hear that the deck is stacked in your favor. Mm -hmm. So you go and buy, and this is a stupid analogy, but you go buy a pack of playing cards, you get 52 cards. I go buy the same pack, I get 25. Mm -hmm. Is that what? I can only do so many games with mine. You can do more. Like, why did he get 52? That there are laws written that favor. Mm -hmm. um, and in the context of what you're hearing now is white America. White America is on top. Minorities are on the bottom. And the laws themselves is written that way. So there's no way you can flip that because it's already in the law books. Mm -hmm. Systemic racism. So it's, it's something that is just going to keep happening generationally. And then 
So, so what you'll hear is people will throw stats that are real stats. Okay, look at how many black CEOs we have in our country. Look at how many black coaches we have. Yeah, yeah. Look at how, and, and you can look in every area of our life, educationally, uh, you know, economically, politically, where are the minorities and how do they rank in light of white America? And they're going to say the reason there's such a disparity is because of systemic racism. Okay? Now, go back to something you said starting out. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> is there, has there been racism in our country? Absolutely. What's the ultimate issue there? It's a sin issue. Okay? So, when we talk about systemic racism, is it something that does exist? Well, sure it exists. But here's, here's, here's something we have to keep in mind. I think God's people don't want to do this. God's people don't want to do this. They don't want to say, oh, come on, that, those were laws that were back then. Mm -hmm. we, you know, we, it kind of feeds into the whole white privilege thing mm -hmm. too, right? Yep. Because white privilege deals with, okay, you guys have all these benefits simply because you're white. <laughs> and I don't. Well, that kind of comes off, well, that's the way the laws have been written for so many years that, of course, you get priority and I get, you know, secondary, yep. right? Okay, yep. those things are real. Those things exist in our country to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, 1857, Dred Scott, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a real thing that happened. Like, you, okay. you, they, they said the Constitution does not include citizenship <clears throat> For black people. Okay, so there you go. That, that's a reality. Now, now the question is, what is the ripple effect of that? And that's the issue right there. What's the ripple effect? And so, sometimes I, I white people look at that and say, yeah, was that was way back yeah, then, fifty years right. ago, whatever. They, yeah, you know, get over it. And, yeah, and here's and and that's not the response we should have. Okay, for two reasons. Number one, uh, things don't change that easily. Yep. Um, you ever wonder why? How most... long ago was the Civil War? Yeah, oh, man. That was a long time ago. What, like 150? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 18, mid-1800s, right? So we're not actually that... I mean, our nation is only not, yeah, 300. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're young. We're still considered still young. a young nation yeah. in comparison to a lot of you know nations in Europe and even things like that. Yeah. Um, and so you don't have to go back too many generations before, right. you know... When you think about it, yeah. before um, you're right back at, at slavery. Well, and, and here's the thing, Doug. Here, here's the thing that, that people need to understand. I, I use this analogy of the skunk, mm -hmm. right? Because I've seen so many skunks since we moved out here. You see a skunk on a road. You know, it's like, oh, my goodness. I mean, you're coming up. First of all, you smell it. Yep. Then you see the carcass. Then you drive on. How long does that stench last in the car? It doesn't go away just because you ran over the yeah. skunk. So things that were racist laws in our country, things that in the founding of our country were racist, and yes, there were racist laws that we have. You mm -hmm. can't deny that. Yeah. That's history. Yeah. Um, the effect of that, even though some of those laws have been overturned, the, the stench of it, the ripple effect of it goes out for decades. Yeah. And, and that's what the empirical evidence shows. Yeah. So, for example, why is it that most suburbs 
are predominantly white. Yeah. Why is that? People say, well, because they could they work hard. Well, yeah, absolutely. But there were actually laws back in the 1930s in the Federal Housing Administration that said do not give lo loans to, and I quote, Negroes. Yeah. That's in the law book. So do you think that's not going to have an effect in keeping the keeping we, we don't want any blacks in the suburbs mm -hmm. well, there were blacks that could afford to come but kept them out so so there were laws that were in the book where the bankers could in good conscience because he's not breaking the law not allow or not give this black family a mortgage because they were considered high risk and the underwriters said don't you dare give it to them and so they didn't so what happened you're going to end up with more whites in, in the suburbs than minorities that's something that was real it was in effect and for decades. So is that something that's not being felt now? So, well, look at your suburbs. Right. <laughs> so so on, on that, um, you hear, even in the black community, you hear some saying, well, um, we got to address our own issues. You know, 70% uh, mm -hmm. of, of black children grow up without a father. Yeah. Right. Um, we don't have a race issue. We have a poverty issue. Right. And, and all of those statistics, those things are true, right? Right. You know, um, a young man growing up without a father is, you know, 10 times more likely to end up in jail or to be on drugs and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that's played out in a lot of the urban black communities. We see that. Okay. Um, and I think the white people tend to say, like, well, you just need to, you know, have fathers in homes and you need to have people at work and they need to train up and they need to, and, and, and. Yes, that's, that's true, but my question for you is, mm -hmm. why is there such a poverty issue? Why is there such a absent father issue yeah. in, in those communities? Why? Is that one of the ripple effects of systemic <clears throat> racism? Yes, I believe it is. Okay. I believe it's one of the systemic effects or the ripple effects of systemic racism, and, and I'll just sit on one aspect of okay. it, educationally. Yep. Okay. Educationally, you can go back, look at the history, segregation of public schools, black were in inferior schools, all of that. You can go back and look at the history mm -hmm. of it. Okay, so if education equals economy as far as jobs, you do the math. What's going to happen? If, if, if there's subpar education, now you don't have the training. I mean, you go further back to slavery, right? Blacks are not allowed to learn to read and write. Yeah. I mean, these things have ripple effects. Now, that being said, Biblical, lay the biblical uh, evaluation or commentary on this. That does not give a black person an excuse to point a gun in your face or decide to start dealing drugs because I don't have the opportunities. Mm -hmm. here's, here's a pushback I hear. People say, well, that was then, but now you do have the opportunities. But we're looking at a generational ripple effect of it. Right, so if this guy's father and this guy's father, and not too many fathers, you don't have to go back too many generations, and you're right steeped in segregation in our country. Well, that's my point. You don't exactly, have to go back that, and you don't so, have to go back that many generations beyond that to and see it up in, even in slavery. Exactly. So, is education a ripple effect? Absolutely. Does that then equate into poverty, into fatherless homes? Absolutely, that's a player. But then, biblically speaking. God doesn't look at that and say, oh, well, that's why, and therefore it justifies it. But it is an outworking. Absolutely, it's an outworking. Okay. So, um, so, so you would say systemic racism is still an issue in our culture, at least? 
I would say yes in this regard. The effects of it, mm-hmm. of systemic racism, okay. Okay. The, the, the ripple effects we're still feeling. Gotcha. Right? Yep. And then the question becomes this. Well, what about in the actual laws? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't looked at all the laws that, pertaining to housing. I, that housing law is no longer in effect. That right. was back in 1934. So in that sense, hey, that has changed. Mm-hmm. But, but again, look how long it was in effect and look at the ripple effect it's had. And I think that's what we're dealing with with this. There's truth here that, yes, there were, there were laws. Some of those laws have changed, mm-hmm. right? I can go to whatever school I want to go to now, mm-hmm. right? But, but for decades, I couldn't. And so is it just like everything changed? Everybody's heart changed overnight because the law changed? It doesn't work that way. So there are there still some laws that are probably at the heart, racist. We live in a sin-cursed, fallen world. Probably at some level, whether it's local, state, or federal, there are probably some laws that are probably ra- Can I dogmatically point to the? No, I haven't done the research. Yeah, are there judges in certain <laughs> there communities ju- that are making absolutely. racist um, decisions from the bench? Probably. Absolutely, right? So, again, it goes back are there to... Are cops that are acting based on yes. racism? Right. Yes. Why? Because, biblically, we live in a fallen world. And so, yeah. So racism exists, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Systemic racism, at the very minimum, has had ripple effects on the current culture and the current Absolutely. Um, average black American. Yep. Uh, and I, I think where the divide is in understanding between really black and white people is black, white people are like, wow, look, look, look how much opportunity you have in America. And that's true, right? Now. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. the key. Now, that's right. And but, but that's why people generally look and yeah, they say, yeah, 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 what are you guys complaining about? You right. have you have opportunities now that you know in, in this great land and yeah. afforded to you that you know, yeah, maybe you didn't have before, but yeah, look how far we've come. Right. The pushback I hear on that is, yeah, I'm not willing to celebrate the victory yet because exactly. we still have a long yeah. ways to go. I, Absolutely. So somebody said this way, and it wasn't originally for me, but I thought it was a great analogy. They said it was like, okay, everybody's lined up at the uh, mm-hmm. starting line. Starting line of life. Yeah. I mean, educationally, career-wise, here we go. We're going to do life, everybody. We're in America, land of the free. All right, everybody's lined up. Black man, white man, Chinese man, everybody, right? The gun goes off. Pow! Go! Now, wait, wait, hold, hold, wait hold, Ron, not you, not you. Oh, Mr. Chinese man, not you. Indian, well, excuse me, hold on, wait. Uh, all minorities, please don't leave the line yet. All the white people are running. And they were held at the line for decades. And then, okay, now go. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you can't ignore that empirical evidence when you start looking at every area of our society. Why are minorities in the minority? That's, why do they have the same opportunity? Well, well, hold on a minute. They might have the same opportunity now, but why is it that right now minorities are, well, they just don't work that hard. Really? You really believe that's why? No, it's the ripple effect of the laws that were in place for so many years. So things are different, but things aren't where they need to be. And so bringing it into a biblical perspective, right? Right. We have to talk about what is the church called to do with regards to culture. Exactly. And that may lead us next um, to our next terms, you know, with regards to social justice. Yeah. Let's let's get on that. Yeah. Yeah. So so social justice, right? is saying, listen, if we're going to have social justice, we're going to have an equal distribution mm-hmm. of, of everything. Opportunities, educational, employment, everything for all people, not just white America. Mm-hmm. 
okay? Everybody needs an equal opportunity. This guy wants to get into Harvard Law School and he's a white guy. This black guy behind him, he wants to get in. They have the same exact opportunity, mm -hmm. social justice. And because there's been a disparity because of some of the things we've been talking about, the ripple effect of laws that were in place, right now there is not a social justice in place in a lot of different areas. Okay. And so they're saying, you know, this cry for social justice. In other words, let's bring the minorities up to par where the white race has been for years and they haven't been there because of the systemic racism and the things that our country was found on. Let's bring them up so there's social justice for all. Now the question becomes, what does that mean and what does that look like? Well, and yeah, and that, yeah, right. I mean, does that? Mean, How do you do that? Because what I've heard within the social justice conversation is that means we white people need to be willing to give up right power right. or privilege or right or whatever. There needs to be some type of reparations, um, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you go, you can go to the reparations discussion, or you can just um, go to the even, even not even that far, and just just say, well, you, you, most white people like their status and their privilege and their power. Yeah, that's what it says, and you don't mm -hmm. want to give that up. So therefore, you're willing to keep the black person down in order to keep what you have. Right. Do, do you think yep. there's an element? Oh, absolutely, of that? Okay. absolutely. Yep, yep, absolutely. And so. The cry for social justice is the cry for we want equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. Don't give me less of an opportunity be, because of my ethnicity. Mm -hmm. All right. And again, there's so many layers to social justice that, that we could deal with. Yeah. But all right, critical race theory. Okay. And, and this is not something new. Um, back in the 80s, I think this thing mm -hmm. came about. Yep. Um, but basically, it's saying look, law, legal institutions are inherently racist. And, and, and so um, this, th this is something that is like, okay, then if that's the case. So this is a theory that, that has the presupposition yes. that the institutions in the United States and mm -hmm. the laws that come from those institutions mm -hmm. or whatever are at their core racist. Yep. Therefore, yep. everything that comes out of those is going to be geared against the you black got person it. You got in it. favor of the white and, person. And this is what the white man does mm -hmm. to further... Dominance yeah. so politically is, and economically. This is, in a sense, the man yep. keeping you down. At, yeah, that's a good way to put it. This is the man keeping you down, and and and, and it is it is inbred in the white man to make sure that laws are done this way to this day, even to this day. Mm -hmm. So, so the advocates of CRT are going to be like, that's the real problem. Now, again, I, you know, we could unpack that on a lot of different layers, but yeah. I, I'm just going to throw this out and just, just for people to fall off their chair. Okay, at the highest level of making laws, we had a black president. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. All right? So what did that do to undo CRT if this is a, a actually a reality? Yeah. I'm going to leave that there. All right, I'll probably get some emails on that. All right, so uh, intersectionality. Is 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 kind of a, a a new term that's kind of out there. I, I don't know. I don't know how new it is, but it's kind of within the last I don't know five seven years that I've heard it. Okay. Intersectionality. Okay. So we talk about races. We talk about your ethnic group. So so in my case, there are these different uh, sociological cultural things that intersect. <clears throat> so I'm an interracial guy. All right. That's one strike against me. 
okay? Because I'm, I'm a minority. That's one intersection that you cross. That's, that's one intersection I cross. The other intersection I cross, I'm, I'm, I'm raised in the urban context. Okay, there's another one. Yep. You're, you're in a, a poverty-stricken stricken neighborhood, right? Yep. There, there's another one, right? Um, the, the, the not fitting in with blacks or whites because you're interracial or you're a mulatto, right? There's dynamics to that. That could be another intersection. So you get all these intersections. Yep. And, and so intersectionality is saying you need to look at people and not just say, well, this guy is deprived because he is a minority. Wait a minute. Hold on. He's a minority, and you know what the world did to minorities. Oh, and he's gay. And you know how the world is bashing gays. Oh, and he, 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 he's married to another gay guy. That's a third intersectionality. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he lives in a poverty-stricken neighborhood. So now we got four intersectionalities. And he, you see what's so, happening? So what is, what is the goal of, inter, of, of, of this then? To say, okay, this person who has been oppressed at all, all these levels, levels yep. now move yep. him to the front of the line. At, is, at, is, is that the end goal? At, well, well, the end goal is that there, there, there needs to be restoration. There needs to be um, there, there needs to be a recognition that wow, it's not just that this guy is minority, but he's being hit at all these levels. So all these levels need to be dealt with, mm -hmm. right? And yeah, to bring him at least on par with everybody else, because he has all these strikes against him, mm -hmm. and each one needs to be acknowledged. Wow, what, what is the what is the danger of intersectionality? Would you say? Well, I think one of the dangers is where is ownership mm -hmm. on the individual, right? Mm -hmm. This this in other words, this is saying it creates victims. There's going to be yeah, there's going to be a victim a victimization here. And I don't want to diminish. There are victims in our culture. There of are injustice without question. Absolutely, absolutely. But it can create um, hey. I don't have this happening because of this. Oh, I don't have this happening because of this, right? So it, it, it can create that. Mm -hmm. um, biblically speaking, though, all of these things, if other people are oppressing other people on all these different levels, biblically speaking, God is not for any of that, yep. number one. So, that, so there's no, but, but, but the issue is, like, what do you do with it? What do you do with the guy who is a minority? He lives in poverty. Um, he's 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 a homosexual. He's um, he's also addicted to drugs. I mean, he, he has all these different. Okay, so I think the Bible speaks to all of those not as he's a victim, but what things does he need to do in his life? Choices, heart changes he needs to make within all of those intersections. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, here's all the places I intersect, what are you going to do for me? Mm -hmm. and, and so that. Yeah, because you could even go forward so far as to say, and I can, I can start to hear this in the Christian community a little bit oh, well, Christianity is beginning to be marginalized. So, well, yeah, Jesus kind of said you would be. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we've, Absolutely. we've Absolutely. had the privilege of living in a, a country that's mm -hmm. been very Christianized, where being a Christian has almost been celebrated over the years. Or if you weren't a Christian, you know, that wasn't normal, especially yeah. down south in certain parts of the country, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's completely changed. Right. And now Christianity right. is more and more marginalized, kind of the way Jesus said, you know, yeah. this will happen to you if you follow me. And so I, you can even drift into that as a Christian and say, oh, well, because I'm a Christian now, that's another intersection yep. where yep. I'm marginalized and I can almost become a victim of the culture marginalizing me because I'm a... So, so I, I say that only to say 
um, we have to talk about, okay, what does the Bible talk about Christians that are marginalized? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or when you're marginalized because of your skin color, or when you're marginalized because of whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. As a Christian, and this is where we have to go with this conversation. Right, right. All right. As, as a child of God, how do you view yourself? How do you respond to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, because these things are real, right? Like Absolutely, um, absolutely. Uh, and so, um, but, but as a theory um, or, or, or as, as a philosophy, I guess what we want to bring out is the fact that these are philosophies that govern a lot of what you're hearing, you know, in, in, the, in, in the race, mm-hmm. war, culture that we live in right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, and so when you hear people saying things that doesn't quite hit you quite right, or what's he saying? You gotta understand that a lot of times there's there's a bigger philosophy driving what's yeah, being that's communicated. Driving what's, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I think it's important to understand that there's a real philosophy, whether it's critical race theory, or whether he's talking from a perspective of, of intersectionality, mm-hmm. um, stuff that doesn't quite hit you quite right. There's a reason for that because yeah. there's an underlying worldview and an underlying philosophy that's driving what's being said, and so. Um, we need to be wise as Christians, mm-hmm. right? And that's part of the reason we want to have these conversations on this podcast is because we want to um, inform. We want to kind of untie the knots that of confusion and, and yeah. provide some clarity. But then we want to say, um, how can we be wise? Yeah. Because yeah. uh, what I see with a lot of white Christian Americans is who, who doesn't want justice, right? Of course, black lives matter, Right. Um, and so, even with these protests, there tends to be just a kind of a carte blanche. Yeah, yeah I guess I need to start marching. I need mm-hmm. to start protesting because I don't want to be a racist, and mm-hmm. I and I don't want I want to march with you, and I want right. to stand with you, and right. I want to st- Yeah, you've been oppressed or whatever. And so there's this almost just this. I'm not going to say blind, but in some areas, it's just a blind following of of a movement in our culture. Yep. That um, is birthed out of from. Oh, maybe a white Christian. Yeah, I want to do what's right. Like I want. Right. To, I want right. to, like who doesn't want justice, right? Right. right. And so I think next week um, we need to start to go there and start to talk about that. Um, I also want to talk about and uh, launch into a conversation about how does the white church um, connect with the black community? Is that possible? Right. Right. Is it is it possible? Um, in the culture that we live in, uh, and obviously, I, I would hope the answer to that is yes. But how do we do that, mm-hmm. right? What are some of the barriers that we can tear down in order for that to happen? And because uh, you see, you see white church, you see black churches, mm-hmm. you know, Chinese churches, you know, right? Like, is yeah. that okay? Is yeah. that the way it should be? Mm-hmm. Right? Should yeah. oh, you have the black church <clears throat> worship over here, white people worship over here, the Chinese church over here? Um, Hispanic church over here, and that's kind of what we have in our in our American culture. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and is that okay? If not, why? And and and, so. and you know, on that point, real quick, man. And yeah, we need to have a conversation on that because you know, is there a place in Scripture where God mandates that churches should be of the same ethnic group or should be blended? Right. Right, so it's because there's a big, big push in in the North American church. Big We're multicultural. That's and, and the buzzword you, now, right? If you're not multicultural, yeah. then somehow something's wrong with you, yeah, right? Or there's racism or something right, like that. Right. So yeah. How yeah. how do you you know? Uh, I think it was uh, Lifeway is a big. 
Bible uh, resource. Yeah, through the Southern Baptist <clears throat> Convention. Yeah. They just put out a new things, and I forget the terminology, but it has to do with diversity and mm -hmm. how to deal with the, the, the racial divide. In your, and I'm like, you're doing a Bible study on that? Really? <laughs> um, if I live in a predominantly white community and the church is predominantly white, does that mean that church isn't woke? Because there's no blacks and well, you got 1.2 percent minorities that live in the community. Yeah. Um, now, if those 1.2 percent minorities that live in the community aren't welcome there, we got a biblical issue. There you go. Yeah. If they're not coming there because it's like oh, this is not my culture, I don't, I can't. Does the church reflect the culture that's around you? Yeah. ethnically, right. right. If it's so a multicultural, that's culture. a conversation we need to have, man. Yeah. Because it, there's a, a movement in evangelicalism that I personally don't agree with. Okay. Where it and, and, and here's the thing, is, and then I'll shut up. I know we're out of time. It's targeted it at white churches. Hmm. White churches, you need to get in your pulpit. Number one, apologize for your whiteness and apologize for the sins of your forefathers. And I'm sitting there like, okay, chapter and verse me on that. Mm -hmm. Where's that in scripture? Yeah, it, It's true. There is pressure, even with the George Floyd. You know, well, if you don't say something, then, then you're, you're guilty. part of the problem. Right, right. And I've wrestled with that. Right. Um, and, and so there's this tension. I don't want to, I don't want to put my head in the sand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I don't want to speak for what's true and right. Um, but also we have to wrestle with my platform as a pastor and elder right. is not social change. We have to talk about the tension yeah. between that and and my role as a minister of the gospel, a proclaimer of the gospel. Right. right. And so, um, I, but I do think that this issue will be one of the main issues that divides the North American church. Oh, I, I agree. It already is. I, I agree. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, and so how do we keep, and, and my heartbeat is, how do we keep our local churches unified around all of this? The, the, the scary part for me, Doug, is this. What I'm hearing in a nutshell is the way for the white church to do its part is to go after racial reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's scary because what brings unity among diversity is the gospel of Jesus Christ, yeah. not race. Yeah. And to me, this is a sleight of hand, an undermining of the gospel of Jesus Christ, yeah. where there's neither Jew nor... But now churches are being pumped. It's about racial reconciliation. No, it's about being reconciled to God. We are ministers of reconciliation to a holy God. And if I get this right, then this will be right. So that's... Yeah, that might be two or three podcasts. <laughs> So we, get, we have a lot to cover, and uh, we're going we're gonna to step into it. So on that note, um, we will uh, wrap things up for today, and uh, we will uh, see you again next week as we continue our discussion. All right.